Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here from my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons, powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. All right, it is the Score North Twin Show. There's no baseball season yet anyways, but we're going to keep talking about baseball on the Score North Twin Show. I'm Derek Wetmore. Alongside me is Phil Mackey. Phil, happy would-be opening day to you, sir. It's still opening day to me, damn it. <laughs> it is still opening day to me. I am still going to grill hot dogs. I am still going to drink beer. And uh, you're probably listening to this after opening day if you're a Twins fan, but... There's still plenty of things to watch. Like today, Game 163 has been playing on MLB Network. There's still plenty of ways to celebrate baseball right now, and I still think we're going to get in some semblance of a season. So. I talked about this with Rami Makhlouf on another twin show another day. Do you have like something to you that signals opening day? Not not with the calendar or with the world, but with you, Phil Mackey, that you're like, yeah, this is every single year opening day. I do this. Yeah, I it, I don't have anything I do religiously right now. Like Rami, Rami basically just like walls up and uh, he pretends like he's not that different from the rest of us rami is super weird yeah <laughs> he is he wouldn't mind me saying that. he is one of the weirder guys uh that's that's on our staff for sure but what i what i used to love doing and this started probably in high school college because in high school you get out of school at like two o'clock or through whatever 2 30 and um you know we'd have sometimes we'd have baseball practice but i think if i remember right we would uh we would go home a bunch of us, we would grill hot dogs, hamburgers, and then watch whatever the like quadruple header was on ESPN, and then the Twins game whenever that was, usually at night or maybe even sometimes the next day because they would sort of scatter shoot opening day. But I always just remember binging hot dogs and when I got old enough, <laughs> beer, and just watching like the Reds game on ESPN. And usually when you know, I'm trying to think back to when I was an actual. Like kid growing up watching baseball, and I grew up in the dormant doldrum Twins days of the 1990s. Yeah, I was six years old, and you were younger than that. You don't even really remember the '91 World Series. No. I was six; I barely remember any of it. And so, my earliest memories of Twins opening days, the end of Kirby Puckett's run for sure, but mostly just the Twins not having an actual number one starter until Brad Radke showed up. Sure. And like by '97, '98, okay, the Twins actually have a somewhat decent number one starter. But it was always just kind of a crapshoot who the Twins would roll out on opening day when I grew up watching baseball. Okay, give me some of the names. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to pull up baseball reference and quiz you, but who are some of the I guys who would even, have taken those I don't starts? even remember, like like 1995, I mean, Bob Tewksbury. Okay. Did Bob Tewksbury make an opening day start for the Twins? Someone can look that up. Yeah, I'm not going to quiz you. 1996, like... Who the hell opened in, opened the season for the Twins in 1996? Was it Frankie Rodriguez or somebody? That's the era that I grew up watching <laughs> the Twins. So this kind of plays into mind that I... Some have accused me of being a bit of a wet blanket, but I don't think so. I think I'm just more of a pragmatist. There is not, not a thing that I can remember from either childhood or like later on in high school into college. Like 
nothing signals opening day to me. Baseball season to me is the drumbeat. It's the rhythm of the summer. It's the, you know, when I was younger, you listening to the radio, just like walking around, getting into trouble, whatever, yeah. doing whatever I was doing or hanging out uh, outside in the summer and have the radio on in the background. It wasn't a like ceremony for me. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I carry that into my adult life. Now, opening day is just like, I mean, a lot of work. I, I miss it. I wish it were here today. Don't get me wrong. I would trade that in a heartbeat. Um, but to me, the best day of the baseball season is the second game of the year because the pomp and circumstances in the rear view, the people that came out to the ballpark for their one game a year just to get their picture taken, they're gone. And now all that's left is baseball fans and six months in front of us with a baseball game basically every night. The drumbeat is the thing that I miss the most already. I just... Oh, totally. I love when late March... Early April rolls around, and you just know, hey, six out of every seven nights, Twins baseball is on the air. And this year was going to be, and I, I say was, like, still hopefully will be one of the more memorable seasons in Twins history. I just, I know that there's question marks and there's things with the starting rotation, but, like, the Twins broke the all-time home run record last year. Juiced ball be damned. Like, the Twins... Everybody played with the juice ball, and the Twins still had the best power-hitting offense in all of baseball. And they added Josh Donaldson to it. Yeah. And we're all just sitting here deprived of watching the greatest lineup on paper in Twins history. And that that bothers me. I, 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 I would give a lot of things to be able to watch that Twins lineup out of curiosity and uh, just having grown up watching so many bad Twins lineups on opening day. And even when the Twins were really good, it was mostly a station-to-station, the Piranhas, right? Like, uh, by the way, speaking of the Piranhas, cheap plug here. We just did a great Minnesota Sports Rewind episode on the 2006 Twins. We should double post that to the Twin Show feed for these listeners, too. Good call. Can you uh, call it great if you were a part of it? Honestly, objectively, it was great. (laughs) Not because of us. Justin Morneau joined and told great stories, and it was amazing. He was so good. But the drumbeat is what I'll miss the most for these next couple of months, just being able to come home on a Tuesday, being able to come home on a Friday night, and you just know there's a Twins game on. It's familiar voices, familiar faces, and... uh, it's, it's it's just a reliable presence in our lives, and today it, I think it hits everybody a little bit more that, oh, man, yeah, sports are really gone for an unknown period of time. The unknown is the hard part. If we were just missing it, it was like, hey, you know what? Buck up. It's going to be six weeks. You'd be like, that's a long time, but I get why we're doing it. I'm I'm yeah. in favor of all that. And I, I think it would be easier to accept, Phil, if you just said, like, hey, June 1 is now the new opening day. It'd be like, okay, okay. I've done an offseason before. I can do without baseball. It sucks. It's a little bit longer period of time, and my team was supposed to be really good. But it's the, is it going to be June 1st? Is it going to be July 1st? Is it going to be August 1st, or are we just not doing this thing? That's the part that's, I think, crushing for people right now. Okay, real quick, because I know we want to get into the hypothetical I, opening day lineup here. i for you. Oh, yeah. But a, a quick series of yes or no questions or short answer questions. Okay. Do you think we'll play baseball this year? Yeah. I do, too. It might be in front of empty stadiums, but honestly, I'm okay with that. Just like put baseball back on TV, and I'm okay with that. And then whatever happens with crowds. I mean, I'd rather get greedy and have the whole thing back, but yeah, yeah. beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. <laughs> um, if baseball comes back, do you think the World Series will be played in November? Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I mean, you got to get enough of the schedule for a couple different reasons. And Dave St. Peter mentioned to us the other day revenue for teams they want to get some of that back recoup some of that 
uh, lost value. I say lost value. They had projected what they might have earned, spent money accordingly, and now they're not earning it. Raise your hand, business owners, if that sounds familiar to you right now, by the way. Do you think they would ever, this is, I'm just throwing a harebrained idea out here, but do you think they would ever say, listen, we can't put 30 and 40,000 people in stadiums again? Tampa Bay, you guys are fine either way. Just (laughs) do your thing. Oakland, do whatever you're going to do. Do what you got to do. Miami, whatever. Just, you guys do your own thing. But for, for teams that actually draw fans, like the Minnesota Twins and the Brewers and, right, the Cardinals, would they ever put a cap on how many tickets you could sell for it. Like if they brought baseball back in June and said, it's safe to do some of this, but we can't put 40,000 people in a venue. We could put 5,000 people in a no, venue. I get what you're saying, but I just because of the way exponentials work, I think it's a no. I think you're either having people in or you're not. I don't think you say like, okay, well, 10,000 people, it probably wouldn't spread that much. Or you, you, you can't get into this logistical disaster and it sounds crass to even talk about it, but like, Oh, okay. Healed, healthy people who've contracted it, whatever. Like, no, it's just you're either having fans or you're not. And I might even go so far as to say there's a part of me, Phil, that says you're either having fans or you're not having games. Like, I hear what you're saying empty stadiums, TV revenue coming back, and nightly programming. Awesome. I'd love it as a host of the Twin Show. But I do think that there's a certain element here that, like, gate receipts matter a lot. And the logistical nightmare of restarting a season and playing 75 games and trying to figure out all of these things, it's just such a Pandora's box to try to figure out. I think it's easier to postpone it than to to play 60 or 75 games. Yeah, that, that, those are fair points. Um, my last question for you would be, what's the least amount of regular season games yeah. you would personally green light to represent a season. Well, it's actually pretty low for me. By the way, it's, it's like 80 for me. It's so yeah, two different answers. One is as am I commissioner of baseball? And, and do like I do I care about the validity of the results, although obviously not. The Astros won the 2017 World Series. Um a quick aside, but the other question is like as a as a baseball fan, as an American, as a Minnesotan, and selfishly as a host of a twin show uh, for a media outlet, I would take anything. Give me fifty games. I don't care. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's That's a million hypotheticals to talk about. How does service time work? How will free agency work? What about contracts? Who's getting paid? I'm here for all of that. If I was sort of commissioner of baseball and I wanted this thing to be as painless as possible. Honestly, it's a lot higher. It's like 100. Because I don't want this to be the random fluky season that everybody talks about. What a what a disaster that was. That oh, team got hot for two months and won the World Series. Yeah. I just, baseball's, baseball's volume is so important to me from a, from a history and from a stats standpoint. But from a, yeah, I'm a desperate baseball fan right now on what would be opening day, give me any number of games. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with all of us just acknowledging, listen, of course, the long run matters in baseball, and it does take six months to really weed out the 90-win teams from the 90-loss teams. There's a reason why you play six months and not a two-month sprint or three-month sprint. I would be okay putting all of that on the side and saying, such a crazy, unique year and circumstance and time period in America and in the world. Let's all just sign up for a small sample size sprint just to get baseball back in the mix, to get revenue back in the mix, to get the economy going again, and to have something fun to watch in October and November. I got a quick hitter for you. You doubleheaders guy? Yeah, Two doubleheaders a week? I'm fine with that. If you expand rosters. Okay. If you, exp- if you expand rosters to, let's say, 30 for the whole season, 
I think you'd have to put some kind of a cap on it. I don't think you can just say unlimited. I think you'd have to say 30-man yeah, rosters sure, sure. for the full season. And and then I don't know if you'd put a mandate like players would have to sit or you just leave it up to the teams and the players to say, look out for each other. You have plenty of reserves on the bench. We don't need guys running out there sure. you know, playing eight, nine games a week. Just make sure you get your rest in. But I, I'm totally fine with that. Suppose you could do what you were going to do in September anyways, which is expand rosters, but not to 40, to 28. Put a cap on there. You get a couple extra pitchers to carry you through the week. And yeah. if a guy gets lit up, all right. Fresh arm him back to Triple A. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You're going to Rochester. We need a, some bullets for tomorrow. Double headers. I don't love it, but we got to start making some concessions, right? If we're going to look into July and try to get a real season in, yeah. And let's let's not on this show, Phil, go the further step that we might have to look for the past July. Let's just say, hey, we get this thing under wraps as a country. This is all coming together. It looks dire right now. We will get through this and. You know, maybe baseball returns mid-season. Yep. And uh, in the meantime, another cheap plug for Minnesota Sports Rewind. That's we have right. episodes That's on right. the 2006 Twins, the 2009 Game 163, and also the 2002 A's Twins Game 5 ALDS, the Moneyball game. All of those available on Minnesota Sports Rewind. There aren't a ton of current... Great plug, by the way. Great plug. There I'm aren't... turning into Rami Mackle. I was going to say, do you do a show with who, Rami? Who, by the way, is the host of Scorn North Live, noon to two, weekdays. <laughs> He'll be quick to tell you. <laughs> Where can you hear that show, Phil? No, don't answer that. Um, there is very little in the name, in the way of real baseball that we could talk about. Today is one of those days I feel like we can. I feel like opening day is always something. There are just a few checkmark columns on my list every year phil one of them is oh going to uh fort myers tomorrow pitchers and catchers report here's who i think is going to make the team so you don't have to watch spring training here's my 25-man roster another one is opening day lineups and with today being opening day or would be anyways march 26th i have an opening day lineup for you and i want your thoughts let's do it so i've got the batting order i've got the positions i have a couple of things that might seem weird or out of place but I can explain myself um, if you give me a chance. Let's do it. Leading off, because of his 400 on-base percentage last year as a 22-year-old rookie, I have Luis Tony Gwynn arise. Okay. Josh Donaldson hitting second. Switch hitter Jorge Polanco three. Nelson Cruz four. Obviously DHing. Max Kepler playing right. Miguel Sano playing first base. Eddie Rosario in left. Alex Avila catching. And Byron Buxton Playing center field behind Jose Barrios on the mound. All right, need to know why uh, why Babe Ruth version two point <laughs> Mitch Garver. Thank you. Is not in your opening day lineup, sir. Thank you for uh, making the important correction. And this is not a. I go into this on the column on scorenorth.com for listeners who are curious to hear me back up any of my other crazy assertions. Find it there. Um, I have Alex Avila in the starting lineup because of who I projected the Twins were going to face. On opening day, they were going out to Oakland. I look at their roster and I see two guys that maybe could have had that opening day nod. You could definitely give it to Sean Manaya, the lefty. Great year, good stuff, good pitcher. I gave it to baseball folk hero Mike Fires, okay. who is right handed. Wow. And yes, he's a hero. Uh, righty pitcher on the mound. I get that it's opening day, but. Every win matters. I'm here to win baseball games. I'm not here for ceremonies. I'm not here for pictures. I'm not here for decorum. Mitch Garver, you're going to play a lot, but in a truncated season where they're going to be a couple doubleheaders every single week, I'm taking your rest seriously. You're going to be in there against every lefty ever, he just, always. He just rested for like five months. Congratulations. 
this is to me the righty versus lefty lineup. If I thought it was a lefty, maybe the whole thing looks different. Okay, but all right, there's so much to unpack here. First of all, this is absurd, and Mitch Garver should be in your lineup. And I think <laughs> I think he should be put on probation as the host of the Twin Show for leaving know, Mitch Garver out of your opening day lineup here. He's okay? going to play a lot. I don't care how many so games they play. What is your main – give me give me your number one reason why Mitch Garver is not in the lineup. My number one reason is – Because you listed a few things like rest and righty-lefty. Like, What is your number one reason for why he's not in the lineup on opening day? Matchup. So lefty righty. Yeah. Okay. So it, it matters not to you that there is a one hundred twenty point difference in OPS. Mitch Garver versus righty. The new Mitch Garver last year versus righties. Alex Avila versus righties. Mitch Garver is a better hitter against righties yeah. than Mitch Alex Garver's, Avila is. Mitch Garver's a better hitter. Period. So Mitch Garver should He's not gonna play every day. He should play as often as his body and whatever science behind Rest the Twins, I'm sure, are doing all kinds of research and monitoring players. By the way, three catchers is very likely if they play a sprint to the finish for sure. type of season yeah, like you, this. Well, if you were to get extra roster spots, right, and you're playing double headers, like you'd need a third. That's this a is Gardenhire's dream. Yeah, that's right. A reason yes. to keep a third catcher on the roster. Henry Blanco, get over here. <laughs> Um, so uh, so you're giving Mitch Garver a little rest and putting an inferior hitter in, thus basically waving the white flag in the home opener in a shortened season in which games matter, and that's fine. And if the Twins finish one game out of the playoffs because you left their best player and hitter, not player, but best hitter, not the best hitter, but a really good player. <laughs> Keep walking him back. <laughs> look, out of the lineup thing. Look, is there a bigger Mitch Garver Bobo than me? I just think it's important to point that out. You're, and a, sho- I, you're a shock jock is what's I'm, happening yes, here. That's right. I'm leaving him out for these purposes. And look, this is what Alex Avila is on the team for. Hey, man, sometimes you're going to hit righties. Yeah, to buzzkill fans who came out to watch <laughs> opening day. Oh Yeah. How many Twins fans bought a ticket to Oakland to go watch Mitch Garver hit? You tell me that and I'll reconsider my lineup. That's probably true. It's probably true, I just, especially in the coronavirus period. I'm no also no play, one's buying plane tickets to Oakland. Definitely <laughs> not going to Northern California. But I'm also saying, like, Rocco doesn't care about this stuff. Rocco Baldelli is not going to change his his lineup or thought process based on, like, oh, well, it's opening day, so, you know, it's, let's put our guys out there in the in the cream whites, and, and it's all our A line. No, he's, he's looking at that? it as a matchup. Who'd they leave out? Did they leave someone out of last year's opening day lineup? Was it, was it like, Buxton? I thought... I'd have to go back and look, but I feel it like they familiar. pulled this on opening day a year ago. It sounds familiar. They don't care. They don't care about hashtag opening day, take a picture and get your ceremony. No, dude. It was a different team. It was they care a, about winning games. Was it Atlanta? Somebody did this with like a star player. Yep, yep, yep. Didn't play opening day. Um, but it was Might have like, been Atlanta. Oh, it was Gabe Kapler with Philadelphia. Kind of like a platoon the Philly, thing. The Phillies left uh, their third baseman. I, I, the names are escaping me, but did, Gabe Kapler did this. Maybe it was two years ago. His first game as a Phillies manager left like a star young player out of the lineup, and then Michael bo- Franco maybe or bo- something butchered a couple pitching well, moves, whatever. So. Yeah, Gabe Kapler uh, had a lot of trouble on his hand early two years ago, and now he's managing a different club. Yeah, but I look, I don't care about decorum. That is the biggest nit that you can pick with this lineup for sure. What do you think about like the general order? And I, I right, guess speed I can't through it you- again. So arise, Donaldson. arise at the top. Which let me stop you there. Arise at the top. You cool with that? Uh, I I prioritize on base percentage first and foremost, and obviously last year Luis had an amazing on base percentage. Could 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 we see some regression as the league maybe catches up? Um, I don't think the Twins have an obvious obvious like to me the two most important things for 
a top, well, there's three categories I would look at for number one hitters right now. On base percentage is number one for me. How good of an overall hitter are they is number two. And then speed would be a third bonus item. Like, I'm never going to put speed as the number one thing like we did for 100 years in baseball. Yeah. That's how you wind up with Billy Hamilton as your leadoff hitter. Getting Great. more he's super fast than anybody. Yeah, he's super fast, but he never gets on base. And so his speed doesn't matter. Um, so I think leaning on guys who get on base and then making sure that one of your best hitters is getting the most played appearances of anyone. So like, I wouldn't fight you on Arise. I wouldn't fight you on Kepler. Arise gets on base more than Kepler, but Kepler's a better overall hitter than Arise. So yeah. like, I wouldn't fight you on either one of those. I wouldn't fight you on Josh Donaldson, although I think his skill sets are best leveraged with runners on base yeah. as well. If he's going to hit for power, you know, so like, I think... If you can find someone that gets on base, puts the ball in play, and you're not wasting like 35 home runs in the leadoff spot where they're not driving in as many, um, that always kind of puzzles me too when you take lineup construction, modern lineup construction, a step too far by putting a massive power hitter in the number one spot. Sure. It's like, totally get it. You're trying to give him the most at-bats. That's awesome. I agree. But like, if 15 home runs were solo home runs because there's nobody on base, like, wouldn't that guy have been better served in the two spot I or want, the three spot? Like, just to piggyback off your point, I want Josh Donaldson to come to the plate if I'm the Twins as many times as possible in the year. And how cool would it be if 40% of the time there was a guy on when he got up? Yeah, for right? sure. He's going to lead off some innings. Okay, fine. I can't control that. But if there's a dude hitting with a 400 on base percentage in front of him, take my chances. We're flipping coins. We're scoring a lot of runs this year. Yep, I'm down for this. Now, I would quickly, if Luis Arise, if it if it felt even for a few weeks, like the league has maybe caught up to him a little bit, not that he's like going to be sent down or anything, but oh, yeah, okay, there's a scouting report on him and he's not going to be able to ambush the league, I would quickly move him to the eighth spot and just put like Max Kepler back in the leadoff spot. Okay. But yeah. I'm okay with trying Luis Arise. I would also be looking very much to move Byron Buxton to the number one spot if he shows that the light bulb is on, that he's healthy. It's If he's healthy and the light bulb is on like he was for the first half of last year, it is no time to coddle him. He's 25, 26 yep. years old. Giddy up. Dude, like, if you're getting on base and you're providing impact, you've been around for five years, you are the leadoff hitter, period. Agreed with that. Um, the... <sighs> I didn't want to lean too heavily on lefty-righty because of the three-batter minimum. I've talked to people who just basically say that, like, it'll change the game like a little bit. You'll notice it. But it's not going to be this sweeping change that completely alters how we manage bullpens, pitching staffs, and lineups in general. So you'll I'm kind of leaning on that a little bit. You'll see a lot of pitchers faking injuries after that's facing possible. one. A lot of lefties. Yeah, oh. But then you got to be out. It's like two weeks now. So mm-hmm. that's a real costly fake injury, um, unlike in uh, soccer. My second favorite sport. Um, but I also, by the way, if it was lefty Manaya on the mound, Garver's not only in the lineup, he's leading off. Okay. So I'm I'm not uh, I'm not down on Garver um, because I think that he'll continue to have offensive success for sure. So let's keep going with my my hypothetical lineup against again baseball hero Mike Fires, a right-handed pitcher, Arise Donaldson, Polanco switch hitter, Nelson Cruz, Max Kepler. Miguel Sano, see righty, lefty, righty. Eddie Rosario, Alex Avila, Byron Buxton. Here's the amazing thing about this lineup. So I, I like it. I'm good with this. Okay. There's nothing. The Twins just have a bunch of awesome hitters. And so you can pretty much just throw them in a hat. 
and just make sure that Donaldson's not batting ninth. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. And Cruz. Yeah, yeah like, get those guys up, and you feel pretty good about it's, it. It's amazing. So when you're when you're when you've got your A lineup on the field, so let's substitute Avila for for Mitch Garver. Who are the? This is the best way to think about this lineup. When you've got Garver in for Avila, who are the Twins' three worst hitters? Right. Um, Rosario, Buxton, Rosario, and he led the team. And runs driven in last year too, which is amazing. Like thirty some homers. It's like Rosario, Sano, and Buxton or Arise are like your three yeah, worst hitters. I don't hitters. know. It, it depends what you're dudes, looking for. And those dudes could make the All Star game this year. It depends what you're looking for, but yeah, that was kind of the exercise here. Is like, you know how this goes, Phil. I almost invited people to argue with me on Twitter, but I was like, wait, they're not going to wait for an invitation. Here's the lineup, and in came the. Mostly people agree with me, but some people fighting me a little bit. I liked this exercise because, one, we get to write and talk about baseball, and these are real players, and this is really happening. This is uh, this is fun for me. I enjoy doing this. But secondly, it's like you can you can quibble a little bit like the Mitch Garver-Alex Avila thing. We, we can talk about that. But you can't have a bad lineup. Like, unless I'm just intentionally putting in all backups and optioning guys or whatever, there's there's no way that you don't look at a lineup on paper against righties or lefties and think, yeah, I got a chance to score eight runs tonight. <laughs> also worth noting, this that's is the, twins. the crazy part. Kirilov, Royce Lewis, Brent oh, Rooker, Trevor Larnick, and probably two or three other guys like Luis Arise that we haven't even really been talking about. Of that group of, let's say, six or seven hitters, Two of them, at minimum, are going to emerge as major league ready this season. Yeah, minimum two. Where do they go? Like this is this is why we have to have baseball this year because you have such a bottleneck embarrassment of riches offensively if you're the Twins and Nelson Cruz. He's going to be 41 years old, dude. I know next season. Like and you're not going to get this. Theoretically, you were counting on this being Josh Donaldson's best season in a Twins uniform, right? Now, now what? Now, if they don't play the season, I'm assuming that all of the contracts would just toll over to the next year. So you'd still get four years of Josh Donaldson, et cetera. But that contract becomes a lot less valuable when he's 35 starting it instead of 34. And Nelson Cruz is 41 instead of 40, right? Or whatever he is, 42, 41. 55, I think, last time I checked. Yeah. But he's just never going to age. It might even help you with Byron Buxton. He just gets another year to get healthy, but (laughs) unnecessary shot. Yeah, completely. So, but dude, I this lineup is ridiculous. Any way that you order it, and it becomes even more ridiculous when uh, you put the real catcher in instead of Alex Avila. (laughs) Alex Avila. So, yeah, this is uh, this got me excited for Twins baseball in about two months. Well, hopefully we have it, and we have a hundred games, and we've got a ton to talk about, and a condensed season, postseason race. Um, this is this is a tough day for a lot of people, so hang in there. If you were very much looking forward to opening day, just know we were too. We're here with you. We're going to keep talking Twins baseball on the Twins show as we keep going. If you like the show, share it with a friend, even though there's not baseball. So like, hey, you got some extra time on your hands. If you're looking for a new podcast, check out the Score North Twin Show. And if you want to, you can leave an Apple review for us like a uh, uh, number of our friends have recently. We're up to, Phil, we're almost up to 300 ratings. Awesome. On iTunes. And most of them five stars. And others were probably picking picking nits with you or me and making fun of Patrick Royce for uh, no, this, that, or the they other. They were misclicks. They were misclicks. Yeah, I think they, they, they accidentally. They meant to click five, and sometimes it's confusing. 
know. Is one good or is five good? I don't know. Yeah, it's, the, the, the scale's upside down. <laughs> He's Phil Mackey. I'm Derek Wetmore. Hang in there, Twins fans. We will get through this together, and when there is baseball, we'll be here talking about it. Take it easy, wash your hands, and don't forget, the Astros cheated and lied about it. Hey there, it's Phil Mackey for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, and Federated is here to give business owners out there peace of mind. You pour your life and energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense, and that's where Federated comes in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience in standing behind business owners. If you're a business owner and you want some more peace of mind, go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about your local Federated Marketing Representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours.